Hey everybody, welcome to the 216th episode of the Masterclass Podcast. My name is Cam Brennan, and uh, yet again, I am joined by my good friend and co-host, Mr. Dave Hogue. Greetings. Hey, greetings. How goes it? It goes good. So we're going to do John 1, 14 through 18 tonight and finish up the opening sort of uh, half or, well, really not even close to half, the opening section of chapter one. I just realized that there's 51 verses in chapter one. So, yeah, we're going to yeah, finish it's the long. first section tonight with that. And um, so, yeah, I think we're just going to dive into it maybe. Sounds good. All right. And the word became flesh and dealt am- and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory Glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. For from his fulfillment we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that last sentence, we, I, <clears throat> the sentence structure is, it's a wee bit tricky, I would say. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think this is one of those, like, this was written in a different language, clearly. And, <laughs> and Google Translate choked on the other end. <laughs> yeah, it just does not have the same flow to it as I think it probably did as John was, you know, probably poetically p- proclaiming the gospel. But that's all right. We can handle it. We'll do our best at least. How about that? Yeah. Sounds fair. <laughs> All right. So this is, as I said, this is the the closing verses of the first section where we're talking about, you know, we're introduced to the word who was with God, was God, you know, in the, he was in the beginning with God. Um, and we start talking about the light that came into the world and these people didn't know him. And now we're back to the word, right? The word became flesh and dwelt among us, which is, to the best of my interpretive skills, John combining the first part about the word and the second part about the light and saying mm-hmm. those are the same people. Um, because it says he was in the world and the world uh, was made through him, yet the world did not know him. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. So, like... They are both the same person in the world, became flesh, dwelt among us. And it says, we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Um, and so obviously he hasn't said this is Jesus yet. We're going to get there. Um, but as, as far as intros go, he's he's painting, I think, a pretty clear picture of when he finally reveals or says, this is Jesus, this light of the world, this word of God. And he finally says, 
oh yeah, the, this person that I've been alluding to this whole time is actually a, a dude that we've all seen and or heard about. Just this guy, you know. Um, and I imagine that reveal would have gotten a couple of <gasps> what how dare he or it couldn't be it's impossible that guy's just a dude right um so i think it's an interesting way to set up a, a letter i guess is what i'm trying to say given this sort of grand opening um in, in, without any specifics like in the yeah well i and, and I think the other thing is, is, you know, we talked about the word being logos. And so, you know, he's talking. So he's he's using a word that his audience is familiar with mm-hmm. in terms of it being something big and uh, not really tangible. You know, he's talking about he's talking about like a concept a, a philosophical um, ideal or something like that. So he's talking, you know, if, if, I mean, just the concept of a word, if you took word literally, like a word became flesh, well, that's, that's unique. This word became flesh, like something that we speak from our mouth becomes something tangible. And so that's kind of the the first thing that he's really like the first, like you talk about the, Oh, the first thing he's laying on them is this, this, philosophical ideal uh intangible thing that i'm talking about actually became a tangible you know it became flesh Mm -hmm. and so i think that would have been even his first sort of like laying on them a concept that you know they didn't that, that they liked kind of the theoretical the all this kind of stuff and like now he's going no the theoretical is real and it's here and so yeah, he's he's definitely speaking to a, a particular audience and a particular group of people that would have understood kind of everything that he's talking about, and then he gives them, you know, one twist and then he gives them another. See, this is probably we're on episode what two hundred sixteen, so probably uh-huh. the two thousandth time where I thought, you know what, I'm really glad Dave is here because what I was trying to say. <laughs> saying very poorly you just come out and just nail it so oh, well, that's nice of you well thank you no because you're saying and i was like wow that's what i wanted to have come out of my mouth but i think it was just a bunch of junk so no it wasn't a bunch of junk i'm great no and no i just i i'm grateful often very often on this show <laughs> well, to thanks. have your 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 brain and your wisdom um to share with us so thanks for thanks for th- that so so many times over the years. <laughs> yeah, and and so again, even even in that, there's um, you know he's talking now, even the adding the son from the father kind of a piece too. Um, that I don't think that was a in the previous part, right? The yeah, he mentioned he mentioned God, but never any mention of Father, God father, as father. and Son. Yeah. yeah. So he's even laying that dynamic. So there's like multiple layers here, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna kind of like shift gears a little bit and ask you a question in terms of, uh, 
it's a, it says he's full of grace and truth. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I'm not, I'm really not trying to, I, I'm curious as to what that means to you. Like when you hear grace and you hear truth, um, and maybe I have a little bit of an agenda, but uh, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to trick you or anything like that, I guess I should say. But I'm just curious as to when you hear full of grace and truth, what does that mean to you? Um, I think of love and judgment. I think of salvation and law. Um, I think of, um, in that regards, fulfilling of prophecy. Um, I, I, I think of balance and um, a holistic view of relationship. Um, between us and God, um, and between God and us. Um, and I, I think that, you know, oftentimes, you know, like I'm reading, uh, I'm leading a class here at church on the book Gentle and Lowly by Dane Ortland, uh, which I know I've recommended on the show before, but I'll recommend it any chance I get. Um, and it's this idea that, you know, we can, we can lean too heavy on grace and sacrifice truth at its expense, or we can lean too heavy on truth at the expense of grace. Um, and both of those shortchange the gospel and what Jesus did for us because we are overemphasizing one and de-emphasizing the other when they both need an equal spot at the table. Um, so yeah, I guess that's my initial, my initial thoughts about it, but why do you ask, sir? Well, no, and that's I I, I think you you hit on exactly what my okay. <laughs> agenda was. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I I do, and you you said it uh, very eloquently, so I'm not going to uh, belabor that too terribly much. Um, and I eat in. Even in that, I think you hit exactly even like kind of the second point of there's a balance and we do have a tendency to emphasize one over the other and kind of completely forget that both are um, not just necessary, but both are like (laughs) not to use the same word to define a word, but um, you know, both are attributes of God and the gospel and that, um, we should, um, I never, I never think of God as, um, like being middle of the road. I don't think that I never think God is being like mediocre middle of the road, <laughs> you know, we're splitting the difference, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not just a, we're averaging the two out. It's no, both in full strength are absolutely yeah. present. And one does not necessarily wash the other out. And nor should we as human beings uh, emphasize one over the other. So, yeah. If we, if we look at it that way, both of them in full strength, like they actually support each other like we often think that um if we show too much 
grace, then we can't also bring the truth fully, right? Because sometimes the truth hurts. Well, okay, great. You can still do that in grace. And, and so there's, uh, I was reading, it's Tim Keller's center church. The first, there's like a, a, it came out first as a textbook and now it comes out in three separate smaller books, whatever the first one is. I can't remember off the top of my head. It's like, if you focus too much on truth and not enough on grace, you become legalistic. If you focus too much on grace and not enough on truth, you become relativistic. And it's just, mm-hmm. woo, grace, 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 you know? And part of the struggle that we have is that because we're human and because we're finite and because we're sinful, it's harder for us to not only see, but also accomplish this this sort of supporting role that grace and truth have with each other. Where if you bring them, you know, at the same at the same amount, right? that the truth supports the grace that God is gracious and God is merciful and God is love. Right. But also the truth is that we are sinners and we fall short and they must, we must be judged. And then when that happens and we realize that God forgives us at full expense to him, well, that truth supports the grace even more. And so the more that we, we can lean into what the truth is and then how that reveals God's grace towards us, then the more that we can look at God's grace and see how amazing it is, and that will reveal the truth that we have been saved, even though we didn't deserve it and we didn't earn it. And so the right. more that we can, to the best of our abilities, with the guidance of the Spirit, right, in our maturation as as believers, pull it, it push grace and truth in step with each other, I think the, the deeper understanding and appreciation we're going to have for both of them and their necessity in our lives, whether, you know, both personally and then corporately as as the body of Christ. And we can mm-hmm. see how pushing one at the expense of the other, we, we don't have to look very far to see the negative results of that. Right. And how that weakens our witness to the world. And so there's this there's this this self supporting tension. Tension's not the right word. Uh self supporting structure, I think, between grace and truth when we see how God does it perfectly mm-hmm. and then how we see how we do it imperfectly and and there's just i don't know there's something i think inherently special about how god can take things that we would want to have as opposition and use them to support uh who he is what his mission is uh what he's out to accomplish and um, and so that's why I think when he says that Jesus comes full of grace and truth, like Jesus is the spearhead. Jesus is the one setting the example, setting the tone, doing the work. And if God's going to do that work, then it needs to be fully him, right? Fully grace, right. fully truth. Like it, it just, it, no compromise, I suppose, is, is another way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. So, I don't know. That was just something as as I read through this that just stood out to me. Of, and is it the the hymn or the Christmas Carol? It's not really a Christmas Carol. It should be more of a hymn. It's Joy to the World. Mm-hmm. And I just think about that line. You know, He rules the world with truth and grace, and it's like that 
I don't know. It's just a, it really always resonates with me. It's such a profound, um, like that's what it takes to rule the world. Are these two, you know, like you said. In anyway, so just uh, it, it's I'm not articulating. It just is very powerful uh, uh, to me, and just when I think about really what grace is and what truth is. Um, they may be something that is on some level hard to define or hard to put on words, mm-hmm. but like when you see it, you absolutely know you see it. You know, it's kind of one of those. So, yeah, for sure. Uh, up next, mine has this in parentheses, which I think is yeah, funny because those were definitely not there in the original uh, or any subsequent Greek uh, manuscripts. But it says, John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. Yeah. And this is just one of those where it's like, Past tense, present tense, like I just, <laughs> like I get what he's saying, but it's like, there's got to be an easier way to say this. <laughs> yeah. Well, and even like you said, it probably wasn't in the original, and somebody somewhere felt like it was absolutely necessary <laughs> to put the parentheses <laughs> to this put is, this yeah. in there. But it doesn't negate all the other. Yeah. Well, and. Uh, what what I the part here that's important, right, is he who comes after me. He was me, before me. Yeah, exactly. He was before me. Not like he was like he came after John because John had to proclaim the coming Messiah, right? The mm-hmm. one who's coming. But just because I arrived on the scene before he did doesn't mean that he wasn't around. Like he was before me because, oh yeah, what does it say? In the beginning was the word. Like he was around always for eternity. So I just think it's kind of funny that they, you know, snuck that in there. (laughs) Parentheses, silliness. Anyways, uh, for from his fullness, we have all received Grace upon grace. I mean, yeah. In his fullness, right? What is he full of? Grace and truth, right? So from his grace and truth, we have all received grace upon grace, which is, uh, I don't know about you, Dave. Uh, I find that to be an accurate statement. And I'm (laughs) rather grateful for it, I must say. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I I don't know why, but as 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 we've been in this discussion and talking about this, the thing that just keeps coming back to me, and I I feel like I know I'm gonna anyway. The thing that keeps coming back to me is the crucifixion, mm-hmm. and the absurdity of it all, <laughs> like the absurdity of it, and and I don't mean that flippantly, like truly you know god became flesh dwelt among us and then died for us and died a violent death for us and 
I don't, and we don't have the time for this, nor was this my intent, but just the concept of cheap grace, which we have mentioned before. Mm-hmm. And there is no such thing as cheap grace. It's, it's a, a best attempt for us to, again, to define a finite God or an infinite God in a finite world. Um, because cheap grace is not grace whatsoever. There's, it just is not. Um, and so for grace upon grace, um, yeah, he died for our sins and took on that whole experience. Um, which like, even as I think about it and talk about it again, it just, it, it, there's no, there's my logic does not play into it. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> yeah, I've got a little footnote here for the the um, where it says grace upon grace. It says or grace in place of grace, which I think is yeah almost more powerful. Mm-hmm. It's like oh oh oh, there's the grace here. Let me replace that with some more grace. Yeah. And then okay, let me replace <laughs> it with some more grace, and and I'm gonna replace that with more. Um, and it just, it reminds me of, you know, um, where it says that, you know, Christ came to give us life and life to the full, right. And to, to not just, to not just save us from our sin, but to redeem us fully, to restore us. And also for God to adopt us into the family so that we become co-heirs with Christ and receive the inheritance of eternal life in heaven. Like this isn't, just a rescue mission it's a rescue mission plus an abundant eternal life with the giver of all good things like god could have saved us and been done and still remain completely righteous in what he did mm-hmm. and it and eradicating sin and solving the problem but instead of just solving the problem right well he's a lavish god he does big crazy wonderful things so he he solves the problem and then adds more to make it even better which mm-hmm. is his character right to be yep. abundant and lavish uh and, and so for for him to just say that yeah i'm just gonna grace and place of grace and place of grace and pla-, like that tracks and even as i'm saying that like I know for a fact I'm not understanding the depth of what that actually means because I'm still able to like function and I'm not on the ground. <laughs> I'm not on the ground in the fetal position just contemplating existence, right? Like it, it like if there is if there's a point to this part of scripture or the, the you know this section The concept of, I even hate saying concept because that makes it abstract. The reality that God is superfluous in his giving of grace should not be something that we just drive right by. And it's easy when we've heard it a million times. Like, that's yeah. just it's just part of the struggle of being human is that novelty is always 
more exciting than something that isn't new. Even if that something that isn't new is a fundamentally foundational piece of God. Ooh, new shiny thing, right? Like a squirrel. It's just why we're like that. I don't know, but like there, there's part of me. No, I'm not going to say that. Never mind. I'm not going to say that. Yeah, I just, I think I could certainly use a a refresher on exactly how amazing Grace actually is. That's what I'll say. Yeah, and, I, you know, just one of the thoughts that comes to my mind is just, you know, reading the Old Testament. Like, there's a reason why we spend time not just in the Gospels or the New Testament, but that we read the Old Testament and get the full uh, story arc of who God is. Because, I mean... <laughs> he is an awesome God and just his mere presence, like you said, people <laughs> not just in the fetal position, but fall down dead. And so, and again, that's not like a, that's, that's because of how awesome he is. Not because of any kind of, you know, punishment or anything like that. So anyway, old Testament. Yeah. yeah. And and we see his grace there too. I don't want to imply that that's not present because we see we clearly see his grace there, all over the place. Yeah. Yep. And then we come back to. Hey, the law was given to Moses <laughs> in the Old Testament. Grace yes. and truth came through Jesus Christ. And then we get to this just lovely sentence: No one has ever seen God. The only God who's at the Father's side, he has made him known. Are you going to translate that for us? Well, so I'm looking again, <laughs> and there's and there's a footnote for me uh, after where it says the only God. Uh, the, the footnote says, or the only one who is God. So it would read, no one has ever seen God. The only one who is God, who is at the Father's side, he has made him known, which I think reads a lot clearer. So, like, there, no one has ever seen God. Nope. Stop. The only one who is God, being Jesus, right? The only right. one, the only human, the only person we know, yes. right? The only guy who is God, who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. Um, and so I think that that little... Uh, uh, oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm starting to fade, Dave. The other translation option, or the only one who is God, I think also reads clear. Um, so first part, no one has ever seen God. True, right? Okay, great. The only one who is God, who is at the Father's side, Jesus, he has made him known. So this is where we get to the son and the father thing from earlier in this section, right? So no one has ever seen the father. This might even make it more clear. No one has ever seen the father. The only one who is God, who is at the father's side, Jesus, the son, he has made the father known. Yep. 
and which which totally jives with um another part uh of the gospel story where you know Jesus says if you've seen me you've seen God essentially like mm-hmm. I'm paraphrasing yep. a little bit um, yeah and we'll come into that in John yeah um but yeah one of one of Jesus's purposes was to make the father known to all people and mm-hmm. so yeah so with with that sort of hop skip and a jump we have come to the end of the first section um of the chat of the book of John or of chapter 1 of the book of John we've got the word we've got the light we've got grace and truth all good things and it's and it's just going to continue John just like <laughs> It's almost like he can't stick with his nickname for Jesus, you know, because he's going to be calling him the bread of life and the lamb of God. And like, there's just all these different titles that we see for Jesus throughout mm-hmm. this book. And so we've we've seen him as the light. We've heard that he's the word him and got like he's got more nicknames than a professional wrestler. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's going to be the show title for the record. <laughs> Dun, dun, dun. All right. Sorry, I totally threw you off. No, no, I and I, I think we're we're done. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm fading as well, and I think we should end on a high note of yes. The Rock says the show is over. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. Well, that was fun. That was also episode 216 of the Masterclass Podcast. So thank you so much for hanging with us, for uh, for listening, and for giving us your time. I hope it was worthwhile, as always. And uh, you can find show notes in your podcast uh, app of choice, or you can go to supermegacorp.net slash masterclass slash 216 if you want to uh, experience the internet version of the show notes and um there'll be things to click on there so uh click on them if that sounds like fun and uh uh, until next time uh be good and we'll talk then bye bye